Hey, history lovers. I'm Mike Rosenwald with Retropod, a show about the past rediscovered. In the fall of 1957, as the world was moving on from World War II and the Holocaust, a teenage girl knocked on the door of a modest home in Buenos Aires. Her name was Sylvia Herman. Her father, blind and frail, was waiting nearby. They were on a hunt for evil. When a middle-aged man came to the door, Sylvia gently inquired, Are you Herr Eichmann? The man at first said nothing. He seemed startled. His strange reaction to such a simple question convinced Sylvia of something extraordinary, that the man in front of her was Adolf Eichmann, the senior Nazi officer who implemented Adolf Hitler's systemic slaughter of millions of Jews throughout Europe. This incredible moment is described by historians in several books about Eichmann's life on the Lamb following Hitler's demise. It's also depicted early on in the recent movie Operation Finale, which depicts how Israel's Mossad intelligence service captured Eichmann, played by actor Ben Kingsley. The movie won rave reviews, but like other historical dramas, the writers and director skewed reality, downplaying the role of the blind man and his daughter, the real heroes who brought a monster to justice. After the war in 1946, Eichmann escaped from the Allies and bounced around Europe under different aliases. Eventually, he settled his family in Argentina, living under the name Ricardo Clement. But Eichmann made a crucial mistake. He allowed his son Klaus to keep the family name. One night, Klaus met a pretty teenager at a club. Her name was Sylvia. Like Klaus, she had German roots. Her parents had immigrated from Germany in 1938, and she was born a few years later. They had language in common and culture too. After they began dating, Sylvia brought him home to meet her father, a pensioner named Lothar. Klaus, in the company of Germans, wasted no time disparaging Jews. According to Neil Bascom's book, Hunting Eichmann, Klaus said it would have been better if the Germans had finished their job of extermination. Klaus also bragged about his father, saying he had been a top officer for Hitler, but did not reveal what role he played. Lothar apparently had a good poker face because he didn't reveal some key facts. One, he was half Jewish, something he hadn't even told his daughter. Two, he had been in prison at Dachau, a brutal work camp, but was able to escape, though not before the beatings he endured there slowly caused him to lose his sight. Whatever romance existed between Klaus and Sylvia didn't last very long. For one thing, the Hermans moved several hundred miles away. But even if they had stayed around, Sylvia probably would have broken things off anyway after her father revealed that she too was Jewish. Several years passed by. The discussion of Nazis at the dinner table had faded in memory. But then, one day in 1957, 
Sylvia was reading the newspaper to her father when she came across a story about Nazi war criminal trials in Germany. The story went into great detail about the role of a man named Adolf Eichmann, who was still at large. Sylvia and her father were startled. What if, they thought. It couldn't be a coincidence, Lothar thought. He contacted the prosecutors who were mentioned in the story. They asked him to help by finding Eichmann's home. So they boarded a train for Buenos Aires, where they asked around for Klaus Eichmann's address. Before long, they had it. Arriving at the Eichmann's home was intense, Bascom wrote. Sylvia had no protection with her when she knocked on the door. When she asked if the man who greeted her was Herr Eichmann, he didn't answer. Was he Klaus's father, she asked. Yes. Yes, he was. Still, the Mossad didn't believe the blind man and his daughter actually found Eichmann. But after the agents got another tip from an informant whose identity is still a secret, they launched an operation to capture him, grabbing Eichmann in the dark of night, then bringing him back to Israel for a trial. After the mission became public, the blind man and his daughter received little to no credit. Lothar had to fight the Israeli government for a promised reward. As for Eichmann, he was ultimately convicted of his crimes and drew his last breath in a noose. I'm Mike Rosenwald. Thanks for listening. For more forgotten stories from history, visit WashingtonPost.com slash Retropod.